Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Bros, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast, a dental advice show. I'm Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Lance, Lance, Lance. Um, you ever had an Oreo dinner? Oh, God, this sounds like a racist bait thing. Um, <laughs> it's not like an Urban Dictionary <laughs> <shit>. thing. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Um, um, I, I never have either, but I know someone who has had Oreo dinner. All right, explain to me. Do I need to Google this? Urban Dictionary this? No, it's okay. had an entire bag of Oreos for dinner. Oh, shit. Um, it wasn't like a for dinner, but it was my, my two o'clock. Okay. <laughs> Your two o'clock. <laughs> so I've done I've done a whole... <laughs> um, Tuesday night is weights. So um, I, I, we've got a really cool place here in town that's um, my physical therapist... She's also my yoga teacher named Sarah, and they just added a massage therapist and a, uh, for about a year, they've had a weight trainer there. And so all of it's done with kind of Sarah's treatment plan in mind. So like Sarah has her hand in all of it. Uh, and after she's done her physical evaluation of you, then she hand in all of it, like, like a Muppet when they exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just right up the rectum. (laughs) Uh, They can taste her class ring. In the back of their throat, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. No, she, so on, on her physical examination with you and her physical evaluation, she develops treatment plan and whatnot. And then she gets with the massage therapist and she gets with the weight trainer. And so all of those plans are developed around like the physical therapist's evaluation of you. So it's like a very okay. kind of holistic approach, like done with physical therapist, sort of their, 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 plan weaved in throughout. And so we've been working gotcha. out with, with David, who's the, the weight trainer there, um, for uh, a, a good amount of time. We took some time off at, at, in December because of Glenn. Um, but, but I don't know for probably f- six, seven months minus those couple months in, in there. Um, we've been, we've been meeting with David and it's Tuesday night, every Tuesday night, six thirty, we're there. So tonight's the night. Um, I usually, if I get home on time, I will do a run on the treadmill, like a 20 minute run on the treadmill and to just to knock some cardio out and then pack up every, all the stuff we need and then go to the place, go to the weight trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today we leave at like six twenty. it's like five minutes down the road and, uh, when we do our deal, we get home and I walk in and in the living room. First off, the first thing I notice, like when I walk in the back door, the first thing I notice is that the pantry door is open, which I know is bad news. <laughs> walk in no. to the living room and there's a shredded up bag like that was half full of Costco beef jerky dog treats. Oh. So that's gone. No, nah, whatever. That's just oh, meant for dogs. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, yeah whatever. Okay. Um, probably more than I would give. Who's a good boy? Yeah. Who's a good boy? <laughs> yeah, for real. Really good. More than I would give him at one time, but, uh, but you know, okay. not that big a deal. Next to that, like half eaten bag of, so also Costco size, right? So it's not like a, yeah, it's not like a little bag. It's a Costco size bag. So half of that. Uh-huh. Next to that is a brand new container of Oreos. Just destroyed. Mm-hmm. All of them gone. Short, four, four Oreos. There's four Oreos remaining. So okay. an entire package minus four that Graham has just uh, annihilated, just destroyed. So he had Oreo dinner. And Mm -hmm. of course, despite all of this, half a bag of beef jerky, half a bag or an entire uh, container of Oreos, short four, he still begged for bites of our, like the chicken off of the grilled chicken salad that we had for dinner. Like, and despite all that, he was still hungry enough to try to beg for, for people food. It's crazy. Now he I, he left. Does that not do things to dogs? Like make him just shit everywhere? I, he or? has this like iron stomach. Like he got in. He oh. had six cinnamon rolls from Cinnabon once. Mm. No effects whatsoever. Like he just has this iron stomach. It just doesn't stuff doesn't bother him. 
Um, wow. There were four Oreos left. They were they looked relatively pristine. You gonna throw away pristine Looks. Oreos? <laughs> Hell to the no! I ate those motherfucking Oreos, man. Oh yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't feel that bad about it. I mean, uh, no, they didn't look wet. You know, Oreos nope. like they erode pretty quickly. Like you lick them a yeah, couple times, yeah. I feel like there'd be evidence of that. They weren't wet. There was no erosion yep. on them. There's no abrasion. There's no abfraction. Hey. By second rule. I mean, it's like they were on the floor. Ish. Like, I'm not going to put them in a container and put them back in the pantry. Like, we're just going to knock yeah. this fucker out. And that's what we did. Fuck yeah. It's kind of like on uh, Osmosis Jones when <laughs> Bill Murray ate the egg. Yeah. yeah. By there the way, go. I think that, didn't that egg, like, lead to him having some deadly disease? Well, it's not perfect. Um, I can't believe you just dropped an <laughs> Osmosis Jones reference. Did you hear the the Sawbones podcast where Justin McElroy and Sydney McElroy broke down all of Osmosis Jones from start to finish? Not similar yet. to how we did the dentist. <laughs> no, I have not, but it's on. It's worth a listen. Okay. Go back to the Sawbones feed and, and find okay. their os. It was like deep in the heart of pandemic. Um, okay, all right. Find their Osmosis Jones um, uh, bit and and uh, yeah, he. I guess a monkey had an egg. A monkey. He was a zookeeper, and a monkey took yeah. an egg from him, and then he took the egg back and yeah. ate it, and then like he got s- something like Ebola. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Lawrence Fishburne almost killed him. The voice of he Lawrence was the voice Fishburne. of the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the voice yeah, of well, the medicine. Do you remember who the voice of the medicine was? I know this without even looking it up. It was Chris Rock, right? Uh, no, Chris Rock was the he white was blood Jones. cell. Yeah. Osmosis Jones. The medicine was David Hyde Pierce. Gotcha. Just such an odd couple pairing of David Hyde Pierce and Chris Rock. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I, and then Lawrence Fishburne as the as the uh, virus. I often will make my kids gross out when I will eat something and they yeah. will make it akin to the egg on Osmosis Jones. So. Fucking all-star cast, man. Bill Murray, uh-huh. Lawrence Fishburne, Chris Rock, David Hyde Pierce... For all you Niles Hive out there, uh-huh. um, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good cast. It's it's not a good movie, but it's it's worth it going was back and listening to. Tolerable when you have kids that want to watch it, and you're like, oh, okay. From a kid movie standpoint, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I feel like it's all right. I feel like it's all right. It was way better than Winx Club, so I'm I'm gonna do. Oh, I don't know Winx Club. Oh, you don't want to. It's is that about panty liners or what? So annoying. Uh, these fairies, these four sister fairies or something that uh, save the forest or something. I don't know. It's I would barely paying attention. You know what I say? Fuck the forest. <laughs> so I drive a Tesla. There you go. <laughs> Actually, no. I feel like that's opposite. Um, we went to pick up the FJ Cruiser over the weekend. Yeah, that's right. So it needed a little bit of work. It had been sitting for like six months okay. and, and moved. So we had it towed to the Toyota dealership. We went to pick it up. It needed some stuff. It needed like a, a few thousand dollars of the repairs, mm. whatever. Ouch. Um, so we get there and we pick it up and we drive it back to Andrea's mom's house. And uh, Andrea's kind of doing a, a once over when she gets to her mom's house, just to make sure everything's kind of in, you know, where it should be. Yeah. Yeah. No fucking license plate on the car. Oh. No license plate. Now, I didn't remember this, but at least in Texas, I don't know how it is in Washington, we have a registration sticker that goes on the front, uh, you know, the front driver's side uh-huh. windshield. I don't know okay. if you guys have that. No. You don't have to put a sticker on the front front no. windshield that uh-huh. shows like the car's registered or whatever. All right, well, we do in Texas, and it's got uh-huh. a barcode on it, and it has a date on it, and you have to do it every year. Okay. But on that has... Um, what the license plate was. And I didn't remember this, but he had a vanity plate that said GEJ, which were his initials, and like 203 or something like that, which was like his number for stuff. Okay. It was like his law school like test number or something. Okay. Um, and so it's just everything was always GEJ 203. That was like his Twitter account and all that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Um, and so that was his license plate. And of course, the fucking license plate is gone. So now we've got this car that needs to be driven 270 miles to San Antonio. But if you don't have a license plate it's, on your car, you're pretty sure you're going to get pulled over, I don't know, 17 times between Dallas now, and San Antonio. Are you guys required to have front license plates? 
Technically, yes, but no one does. Could you just, I mean, if you have a nice car, you don't. You don't. No one with a nice car puts front okay. license plates on. Okay. But you are required to have a back license right, plate. Right, so couldn't you, if you had two on one car, couldn't you just take one? There was no front license plate. Okay. Yeah, I would have moved it to the back. So, okay. um, so there's a couple different options. Option one is that someone from the Toyota dealership either stole and or removed the plates and didn't put them back on. So I called the the guy, the, the service advisor, like, hey, there's no license plate on. He was like... I never looked to see if there was one, uh-huh. but that wasn't like where we would be working. So we would never take off a license plate. Yeah. So we don't have it, which means there's only one other fucking option, which is the bitch that and bitch the ex-girlfriend took, yeah. took it off and saved it because it has his fucking initials on it. Yeah. And what the fuck are we supposed to do? Because <laughs> it's like, we can't, you just go get a license plate like the same day, no. you know? No. So we call the, the, the service advisor back and we kind of tell him what's happening. And he was like, yeah, I got a bitch of an ex-wife too. <laughs> a great line. He's like, I'll, I'll jerry-rig you a, a, a temporary tag. And so he's like, come on back. And so coming back, he's like, you have no idea how big of an ordeal it was to get this temporary tag. It's like, it used to just be like sheets of paper. They would just like, yeah. it was, you just tear off a copy and like color in the date or whatever. And now yeah. it's like much more controlled because people would just never register the car and just sure. get a stack of those and change the date every month. Um, yeah. So we, we finally got it, made it back. But like I called the police and reported that the license plate was stolen and that this woman stole it. Fuck yeah. You can't, st- you can't take someone like you. Uh, you just can't take license plates. No. It's part of the car. No, that's, that's not a thing. Yeah. It's I got part mine of the car. stolen once. I went, to, I went to the airport, parked my car at the airport, when I came back, I went straight to had a dinner thing with my folks or something. It was after I'd gone out to dinner that I noticed it was missing. So I don't know if it was stolen at the airport or, or before that at the restaurant. I don't know, but that was a bitch to get a replacement. But, but how, like, how often do you go and look at your own license plate? Like never, I never just happened. Yeah, it's like yeah. looking at your own asshole in the mirror. Like this is just well, that's a little that more happened. frequent. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> is it Saturday? Yeah, it's. <laughs> um apparently that's like a gateway crime is what they call it oh really? like a gateway drug but a gateway crime where it's okay. like if you're stealing license plates like if you if the police catch you and this was like just on the five and a half hour drive back from dallas uh-huh. just bullshit looking up stuff on the internet um uh-huh. if if the police catch you stealing license plates off a car uh-huh. they automatically assume that you are like into some other shit because that means you're like either stealing cars uh-huh. And you, you're going to put a fake plate on it so that, you know, it doesn't come up yeah. um, as a stolen car. Or you're doing other shit, violent crimes, and that way if someone takes your plates, it leads them, it leads the cops somewhere else and not to you. Um, and so they, they basically, like, will hold, if they catch somebody in the act of stealing plates, they will find a reason to hold that person, like, in detention, like, I guess, whatever, in the lockup, in the clink, until they can, like, fully you know figure out like what the fuck this person is is up oh to. really yeah wow. it's so it's like it, like it's not just like you know i don't know stealing a yield sign or some shit that like 17 year olds used to do and they like drink a bunch of natty light and, yeah we've and, all been there and prank yeah like yeah. steal like a road sign or whatever uh, we, we um, stole orange cones and rerouted traffic yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's like just fulfilling your, your oh. fantasy of being a city planner. Something like that. Yeah, I was 16. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever see that fucking license plate again. But uh-huh. the registration expires on the car in May of 2021 at the end of this month. So if it doesn't get renewed, which it won't because it can't, um, then hopefully that license plate will go back into the hopper as one that's available and we will just reclaim it as ours yeah. and register it to us. So check fucking go. make Monica. <laughs> we, we're one step ahead of you, bitch. Suck on that bitch. <sighs> Lance, this is an advice show. By the way, do you have a will? You need to have a will. I have a will. So hey. you've got three daughters, right? Uh-huh. Only two have are they had the dis- <laughs> Have they just only ten? Well, then that answers the question. <laughs> no. <laughs> because if you were to split everything into a third, it's 3.33. Yeah. 3.33. 3.34. Mm-hmm. Who's that 0.01? Who, who's the extra 0.01? That'd be Clint. What? I don't know. <laughs> you could do that. 
yeah. that's actually more of a slap in the face to Clint. Is like your daughter's got three point three three, and he gets point oh one. Like here you go, Clint. Here's a check for eleven thousand dollars. That was a that was a pain in the ass because we had it originally when we just had the two, and then yeah, once we easy. get the it's third, we're like, oh, we got to redo this, and then we're like, yeah. oh shit, the that math, and so one has to be point one. Yeah, I don't know that we ever came to a resolution. I'm, I think it has to be like a a bat like a battle royale. Like let's do like a uh, American yeah. Gladiator deal, like where we get the big Q tips and uh-huh. they just start are on like a rolling log that. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or in the Northwest, so you're going to be um, have a log in the water, and yeah, just yeah, it's there there anyway. Who mm-hmm. who would you put your money on? Brianna is the totally. Brie is cutthroat. Like, okay. Whenever we had Easter egg hunts and everything, she yeah. always dominated and boxed out the stuff. She's her, elbowing people. Oh, just it's violent. So okay, it's her. It's her. Yeah. Just make it. Just make it her. Save, okay. save people contusions. Save your other daughter contusions. Yeah. And just give her the point oh one. Okay. Done. <laughs> <laughs> uh that happened to andrea before before glenn passed she was the the they were three oh. and um andrea was the point one point oh one so that she always lorded that up over <laughs> okay. her siblings i should find out if we ever came to something it might already yeah, be just ready. like make sure you get this shit in like done because it's if it's not this is for anybody listening if you oh. don't have a fucking will it's an it's a nightmare for the people you leave behind it's yeah. a fucking nightmare um, and then you end up with shit like this where like some bitch that somebody was dating for four months is claiming to be a comment. Like it's just, it's, it's just a mess. Like it just leaves a huge mess for everybody. So just get a fucking will done. Get a will done. Yep. Uh, this is an advice show. That's our advice is get a will done. Um, we answer your questions. We answer questions okay. we find in all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from Reddit. Reddit. We strive to help dentists and dental team members with their own unique brand advice. So please, we need your questions. They're the sustenance we crave. You can submit your questions to workinginterferences at gmail.com. And we don't want just any question. Do we, Lance? Maybe. We don't want a bunch of boring questions like, what's the best snack to steal from the pantry? Because we all know that s'more-flavored Oreos are the greatest snack to steal ever. We have the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. Do you think Gordon has ever housed an entire package of Oreos? Because you have to, here's the thing, you have to take out the possibility of, well, he got really high <laughs> yeah. in house and house. Like, so that didn't happen. Right. So if you take out the possibility of like either being high, drunk, or both, and the sort of garbage that we eat in those situations, yeah. Gordon has never been chemically altered in his life. Has he ever just sat down and just like, I'm going to pound out a few stacks of these Oreos? That's a good question. I would say I bet no. you no. My over no. under on max number of Oreos that Gordon has eaten at one sitting, considering the fact that he's never been drunk or high, would be five. Uh, I don't know. You, you can't eat just one, and five is pretty close, so I don't know. Five's a good amount. Sit down and eat five Oreos, and you're not drunk or high. Yeah, but I feel like you're feeling, you're feeling the limit at that point. Ten minutes like later, I want judgment. five more. Oh, I'll hate myself, but 10 minutes later, I want another five. <laughs> I feel like weed, weed has led a lot of people to house an entire package of Oreos. Probably. I could see that. Question one, Reddit user, don't argue on the web, which is sage advice. Right. Is there a way to suck less at dentistry without doing a bunch of subpar work? <laughs> Half rant, half plea for help. This is like my third post like this. Just did an endo. It went great until my heated gutta percha warmer failed. Apparently the owner slash half the staff knew it was broken. My assistant and I did not. And then only got warm enough to like half pull out my gutta percha on the DL, DB canals of my 31. So it is very inadequately filled, maybe four millimeters short. Patient was done for the day, so I'm currently debating bringing her back and removing distal gutta percha and trying again, though honestly, I'm not really sure how. I have not done retreats. Maybe just send to endo. Advise, advice there would be great. The cleaning shaping went really well. Master cone radiographs look good. I explained the situation to the patient who couldn't have cared less. <laughs> 
But also, how the hell does one learn to suck less without just doing a bunch of subpar dentistry on the way? I feel like I just keep running into my own mistakes. Part of it is definitely the shit material and shit time I have working in a Medicaid practice. I'm working hard to learn what I need to learn to own my own practice in the next year or so. Part of it is the complete bullshit lack of experience we get in dental school now. What? We graduate with 10 crowns and two endos. How is that okay? Part of it is maybe I just suck. Part of it is being a perfectionist and wanting desperately for things to look textbook. And instead of facing a bunch of clinically acceptable to sometimes not even quite that work. I'll edit to add sometimes I don't suck. And I do have a problem with focusing on failures instead of successes. Hmm. Just frustrated. I want to own soon. I want to live up to my own standards for practicing dentistry. How did y'all get decent? Just per pure reps? How do you not do horribly during those reps? CE for everything? I think it is utterly ridiculous we took out all these loans and now have to pay for a real education after our fake one. Thanks for reading Rent Over. Next appointment, going to try to remove the distal gutta percha with rotary and replace. Lance, I feel this deeply. Oh, I, I relate. Big time. I definitely relate. Where do you want to start? Yeah, that's, where do you, yeah. Well, um... Well, one thing, I'll just throw this out. I My instructor, Endo, in dental school, he said, you can obturate with sterile bullshit. And <laughs> I've heard that if it was, if as long as it's clean and shaped well, you, it doesn't matter what the what you put in there. So even if it's four millimeters short, if you did everything else done okay, it's a very good chance it's going to be just fine. But it, again, I will caveat it's a that. Chance. It's, no. I will caveat that. Okay. Based on what is the pre-op diagnosis. Yeah. If the pre-op diagnosis is a vital tooth, you're basically oh, right. Wow. If it's a non-vital tooth, specifically mm-hmm. if it's necrotic or absent, I guess that's really the only two yeah. ways a tooth could be non-vital is to be ne- necros- necrotic or abscess, but especially yeah. if it's abscessed. Um, you can't fill it with bullshit and get it to work. Like the, the, the margin to walk is very thin, mm-hmm. um, as far as cleaning, shaping and obturation sealing goes when you're dealing with a tooth that is, uh, non-vital at the start. So if it's yeah. vital, yeah, you're probably going to be fine. If it's not vital, then yeah, you're trying to dig shit out and re-obturate it. Um, I'm not a huge... So first off, let me caveat this by saying I don't do any fucking endo. Yeah, the next so, thing I was going to say was I, I can't remember the last time I did any endo at all. Yeah. Not even open and drain. It was just full on. It's So I'm not the best person to be answering this. Yeah. But I did. I'll open them, um, yeah. especially if it's like... Especially if it's a big chamber where I'm not going to screw up the, the chamber trying to find... Or screw up the, the ridiculous dent or anything uh-huh. or the floor of the chamber by trying to find canals. If it's a big meaty one... That's, you know, you just drop down into and and there's a a big, you know, thick occlusal to gingival floor or whatever. I don't even know what the fucking terms are for the pulp chamber from the top to the bottom. If there's a big meaty space there where you're not going to, going to ding up the floor Uh because they need to see the floor. That's the thing. They need to see that map on the, on the floor. So you don't want to ding that up, but I don't mind opening them. It's obturating. Obturating is like the bane of my existence. I hate obturating. Um, and partly I've never found a system that works. For me and my hands, mm-hmm. um, th- this warm. So when he says warm, what does he say? Warm gutta percha, heated gutta percha warmer. Uh-huh. I'm assuming it's like a thermophil. Probably. Would be my guess. I don't think that's like a warm vertical. Maybe I'm wrong. Because yeah, a warm vertical, it- you're typically going to take a master cone mm-hmm. to place. And yeah. then you're going to take a heater in there and sear off the master cone mm-hmm. and then backfill with like a liquid mm-hmm. gutta percha gun yeah. of some sort. Yeah, That doesn't feel like this. This feels like they were short on it. You're not going to be short on a master cone. No. The master cone's not really heated. What's heated yeah. is the is the cleaving it and then the retrofill. Yeah. So I think it was a gutta uh, or a uh, thermophil, which I don't, I don't think anybody's a huge fan of. Yeah, or the gutta core. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the gutta cores are better, better. I think, than the plastic ones. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you just run into stuff like this, and like if you don't get it, you, you got to get it from the carrier into the canal uh-huh. and it, before it cools down. And sometimes that's really hard to do, especially on a molar where you got multiple of these things to yeah. out. It's yeah. hard to get those things in. 
it's hard to it's hard to get it into that tight little hole, Lance. It's I some sometimes there's so much effort trying to find the hole. Yeah, uh, and then you slip it in the wrong one, and that's a surprise well, for everyone. Well, it's you're having a bad day. That's that's for sure. That's um. Sure. How how would you get this out? Um, it depends on if it's a gutta core or if it's well, I, it may not even matter. Yeah. Um, a, a headstrom file. If it's a gutta core, a headstrom file will grab that stuff and pull it out. Yeah, yeah. And I had an instructor. I thought it was the weirdest thing coming from this this endo resident, and I was freaking out about the anatomy. I was freaking out about whatever I was stressing on. And he says, Lance, look, it's it's just a tooth. And I'm like, what? And he goes, it's just a tooth. People lose them all the time. They uh, do. Uh, okay. Well, but I mean, also you just, I, 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 but I also see your part of it where it's like, it is just a tooth. However, you don't want to be the one responsible for yeah. it's, it's demise. No. And not that you really are because it's neat. The I mean, fact that it needs endo is part of it. But. Yeah, and that's where hopefully you've had a discussion of you know risks, benefits, Risk all, the, benefits. all that yeah. stuff. So, here, here's the thing. I, endo on 31, like, I, yeah, make better, life easier on better yourself. Better than 15. Absol- absolutely, but just second molar endo in general, yeah, um, is just it's kind of a nightmare. You know, it's a like bit. it's even even people even endodontists. And I didn't think either in Medicaid practice. I didn't think Medicaid did endo. I guess it depends on the state. Okay. Some states it, it does. I believe in Texas it does. The hard thing is finding a provider. Um, and so, like, I remember at some point I was at an office that did a little bit of Medicaid. Um, but we had a really hard time, like, finding a, a um, endodontist who did Medicaid. And so it ended up being, like, the endo residency at the school here is the only only Medicaid endo mm. provider, okay. which is fine. You know, it's great for, it's great for them. Uh, it's great uh-huh. for, for, the, uh, for the residents. Um I'd start by, you know, you have to set yourself up for success. Yeah. And endo on 31 is not a great way to do that, at least in, in my, like, get if you did two endos in school and then you pop out of school and you're just like, ta-da, I'm going to drop start dropping some yeah. 31s and, and 18s and 2 and 15, like, just... Make make life easier on yourself for sure. And and case selection. Did you they know? did they say in here how long they've been out of school? It doesn't. Um, oh. It doesn't specifically say that. I mean, it does obviously seem like they are a a fairly new graduate. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's one year or three years or wherever. Um, yeah. Another thing is that so, so graduating with ten crowns and two windows. Um. See, I think do I had to do like endos. You did to graduate. <clears throat> we counted by canals. So if you did a bunch of molars, you got done with it faster. I want to say I had to do like thirty canals. Thirty canals. We had a shit ton of shit to do. What is this, Venice? Just about. That's a I, lot. I, I should find out. Uh, it was. I remember yeah. going. I had to recruit from my friends. They finished theirs and they said, "Hey, like, hey, I know you don't need a root canal, but let's make it to where you do. Let's go." <laughs> Almost no, my. Like a guy down the uh, down the way the bay has already finished, and so like I could thirty get, canals is is that's a significant amount. That would be because that's you know six I mean, molars thirty anteriors. Or, that's six molars plus a couple anteriors plus. Yeah, I just remember. Just I, I'd be that. the one to try to find the thirty anteriors. Like uh-huh. fuck that jet, fuck that molar yeah. jet. Let's find <laughs> some anteriors. I was loving finding molars because man, it, it got you there so much faster, and uh, but yeah, we had to do like a. Uh, 50 crowns and 150 amalgams. Wow. 50 crowns. 20 dentures. And I had to set the teeth on at least half. Oh, it's fucking brutal. That's a lot. That's a, that's, I, I don't know as if there's any school today that has, I don't, they won't even use the word requirements anymore, but their requirements, uh-huh. clinical experiences at, at that level. Um, I, I, there's, I don't think there's a school. I bet you if you called, the school that you went to today and asked uh-huh. what their clinical requirements are, I bet you it's going to be significantly less. Okay. Two canals just um, seems, or two teeth, it seems crazy. Two teeth seem, I think I had to do six or eight, but endo was the hardest thing to find, right? Because it was more expensive. And so, you know, you're talking about a patient population that is, you know, just naturally because they're people who are, it's not there because they're like Elon Musk, like right. rolling in the fucking dollars. Like, uh-huh. 
<laughs> the reason they're at the school is because they don't have any money and Indo uh -huh. is, is a harder, harder sell for them. And so Indo was always harder to find. Um, we didn't have to do two, but we certainly didn't have to do 30 canals. As far as crowns go, I probably 20 to 25 crowns a year, something like that. So that was 40 to 50, something like that it was probably right, right in there, but those were easier to find. Mm -hmm. Um, dentures um i don't know maybe six sets total eight sets total hmm. something like that um yeah i mean 10 crowns and two windows as you're graduate like you're graduating with that experience is not very much yeah it's pretty low and then to be paying what they're paying for school yeah is <laughs> like what on earth um I, we've talked about before plenty of times how a, a bad experience like this, like this 31 just sort of highlights your feelings about yourself, like your feelings of inadequacy and it, and it, and it can bring that out. But I would just say like, first thing I would say is like, don't let a second molar endo beat you down too bad emotionally because everybody struggles with second molar endo. That's like striking out, against Randy Johnson in 1998. Like, yeah. fucking shake it off. Like, that's, you know, everybody strikes out against that guy, right? Mm -hmm. um, second molars can just be a bitch. You know, they can just be a bitch. So don't let that one get you too down. But when you move on to the next part, how the hell does one learn to suck less without just doing a bunch of subpart dentistry along the way? Well, sucking really does help. <laughs> I mean, I my... <laughs> My dentist growing up, he says, hey, don't be afraid to suck because the guy that sucked the most in dental school got the most help. By the time he graduated, had the best experience. And the people that had it, that everything went perfect, really never learned anything. So I've taken that to heart and suck a whole yeah. lot. Well, yeah, that where you learn is failure. There's no doubt about uh -huh. it. Um, there's always going to be that sort of learning curve, right? There's yeah. always going to be that sort of learning curve. There's no way to master it. Um, and, and I find, you know, after I graduated, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 15th year now. Um, I, I, there's like from time to time, I still struggle with the class two, you know? Yeah. And I teach this shit, you know, I teach class yeah. two techniques and matrices and material selection and all that stuff. And, and it's still something that every once in a while, just you get a weird shape of a of a tooth with a weird contact, and you know it's way far in the back, and you got a tough patient, and you mix all those, and it's it's a, it's a the tooth is angled in a certain way that makes it really hard, and it just like it just beats you up, and so I, I think learning to suck less, I, I think what that means is learning to suck less often, <laughs> um, because there's never gonna be a point at which you're gonna do a hundred percent of the dentistry that you do. 100% the way that you want it to be done and 100% of the way that you would put up on a screen to show your your colleagues. It just doesn't happen. No, no one's going to put up, you're not going to be 100% at that. It, it doesn't matter. Um, even if you had all day, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, there's, you know, patients that are difficult and and all sorts of things that 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 come to, to bite you in, in, in the butt. And so... I think it's more about sucking less often than it is about sucking less, right? Um, you're, we're all going to have preps that, that aren't great. We're all going to have somebody. I had one this week. I had a guy in. Is guy's a, a, a professor of mathematics at the university that's around the corner. And he's a smart guy. And he does a, a shit ton of like analytical research and stuff like that. Um, and he has, I did a zirconia crown on 31 on him, I don't know, a couple years ago. Um, and like... Two months ago, it came off, and then it came in, and like I re-cemented it with Panavia or whatever, and then a couple weeks later, it fucking came off again. Like, well, what the fuck? Like, what happened? You know, so really, like, cleaned out the inside of the crown and really did all the stuff, and it fucking came out again. And so, like, I did it again, like step by step. And so this week, he came in, and it was off again. And so it was just like, what the? What do I do? This is like the third time this has come off. This is not a retention resistance problem. There's plenty of length on the preparation. Everything is good. And you just like, wh like, what do I do? And so the only thing I could think of was like, go back to the fundamentals, right? So um, I always, the, the times I resubmitted before I went back and looked at my notes, I never anesthetized him. Um, and I tried to like kind of 
figure out like what isolation was. I can immediately tell like, oh, now I remember he's just a bitch to isolate. Like he's a real bitch to isolate. Uh So I told him like, all right, man, I'm going to numb you up and I'm going to put on a a rubber dam on, on this tooth to resubmit this ground. Just like those fucking European guys do. Yep. So I numbed him up and I put on that sub G clamp and I put on a, a two, two hole rubber dam on the prep with that sub G clamp and the tooth in front of it. And I did the floss tie mm-hmm. and I took a little tissue laser and tissued up that little bit of mesial tissue that had grown up over it that I just was hoping would push out of the way when I see the crown, but apparently wasn't. Um, and I air abraded the tooth with a, with a air abrasion unit to get all the old shit off of it. And then I did all the stuff on, on the inside of the crown and it was like, all right, Go back to the fundamentals. Go back to what you know works. And it's like, yeah, is it a pain in the ass to numb them and put a rubber dam on to re-cement a crown? Yeah, it sure is. But go back when when all else fails, go back to the fundamentals. Right. So that's what I would tell this person is when all else fails, go back to the fundamentals. So so go back to what you know. So Medicaid practice, that means you're probably doing some quadrant dentistry. Um, break up the quadrants in half and do half of a quadrant and put a rubber dam on and just do it step by step. And, and I, you're going to slow down a little bit and that's fine. But like those kind of things are just going back to what, you know, going back to what you were taught, go back to the fundamentals always seems to kind of course correct me and kind of get me back. Even if it's, if, even if it's a complex problem, go back. I just go, I try to go back to the fundamentals that I learned. I don't know. How do you feel about that? That's absolutely it. There's uh, now nothing's going to for sure that that still is going to work, but it, you're, you're, Putting everything in the in the the odds are definitely in your favor by by just going for the the real basic things, and uh, so yeah, it, it's I'm a basic usually bitch, backing Lance. up and you're a basic bitch. I'm a big fan of the checklist manifesto, and so I have check checklists for just about everything. I have a new hire, and I keep I, I don't want to overwhelm her, so I slowly like on a, once or twice a day I'll show her the next checklist. This is how you set up for the crown prep, how the crown seat, the all the different things. And every time something doesn't quite go right, it's when we didn't get the checklist out and go down the list and make sure it's all there. And so that's why I always say, have it out, get the checklist. Don't skip anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just go back. Just go back a step and then, and slow it down just a little bit. Mike, Mike taught me that. Totola taught me that. Mm. Um, when I, I used to talk about how much faster the reverse crown prep technique made me, which it does. It makes uh-huh. me faster, uh-huh. but it always tell me like, slow down a beat. Like it's not always about speed. Take a, a, a couple of beats and, and just double check a couple of those things. Right. Yeah. So that's part of it. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want this to sound bad, but the time to learn is in like a Medicaid practice like yeah. this. Right. Like, yep. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, well, that I mean, was my, part of like the, what my, uh, my dentist was telling me, you know, you're going to fuck up. So fuck up in dental school. We got everybody there to support you and teach you and, and, yeah. and you know, get a little, uh, aggressive, not aggressive, but, but be willing to take the risks because the guys that take zero risks and have no complications don't learn as much as the guy that was just what you thought was a total fuck up. And you meet him 10 years later at some reunion and he's just killing it because he knows what he's doing. So yeah. Medicaid clinic, same thing. Basically it's, it's an educational opportunity. The other thing to, to, so he says the line, I want to live up to my own standards for practicing dentistry. Yeah. And there is a time like when you first graduate or when you're in school, when you think that like everything has to be perfect because like at least our faculty um, had a real hard time articulating the fact that not everything goes perfectly. Yeah. And that there is something called clinically acceptable. And uh-huh. when you've tried your hardest and you can achieve it, Sometimes clinically acceptable is the best you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a, a good friend who's a dentist here um, who I saw a couple weeks ago at the TDA meeting. And we were talking about something and he asked me a question and we were, I was kind of walking out and kind of go over with him like what I would do in this case or whatever. And he, he said something to me about how he just had a crown placed. And he went to like one of the guys that I would go to. Like when you asked me like who's the best restorative dentist in town – there's like two guys and he went to one of those guys. Okay. Um, and I was like, Oh, how'd it go? And he's like, dude, you should see the bite wing. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, is it perfect? He's like, dude, it's a nightmare. Um, and so he like sent me the bite wing and it's just, it's a mess. Like it's a mess. Wow. And it probably wasn't the easiest crown prep. Like it was a second molar and you know, it uh-huh. had broken at least subgingival and, 
but it looks like something that I probably would have been done and been upset I, that I would have done and been upset with myself over. Yeah. And here's this guy that I think is like a God uh-huh. restoratively that did this. And it was like, Oh fuck. He gets this too. This happens to him. Uh-huh. This isn't just my x-rays that look like this. Yeah. Holy shit. That's fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry about your tooth, but yeah, but it's like permission <laughs> but, to accept your own failures because we all get them. Right. And, and that's the thing that I think, it's part of the reason I'm so I'm so like sort of frustrated and or I just hate dental Instagram so much yeah. is because of that is that no one shows that shit no one puts that fucking bite wing up uh-huh. ever yeah um and I get it whatever you don't want a patient to see it and go somewhere else because you showed something like that the patient doesn't fucking understand is the place that they're going to has the same shit that you have yeah so you know I I, I don't know it's just I, I get tired of that part of dental Instagram very quickly yeah. because it builds this expectation in in dentists like this dentist who are saying that like, basically I want to live up to my own standards for practicing dentistry. Well, that's like saying that like, I want to live up to my own beauty standards and all I fucking read is men's health. And it's like all on there is just fucking shredded ass dudes that do nothing but work out and, and have a fucking personal chef all day. And that's like, it's, that's not a realistic standard. Yeah. And you can't base your standard off of that fucking bullshit you see on dental Instagram. Cause that's not the standard. That's bullshit. That's fantasy. That's fake life. And so you need to calibrate your standards to a realistic standard. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a license to be a hack. That's yeah. not what I mean by that. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that if all you look at is this fucking style Italiano bullshit, and I'm not saying it's bullshit. What I'm saying is, I, those guys aren't yeah. great at showing things that don't go well. Right. And if you live exactly. your life by that standard, that's like being saying like, I'm a fucking fat piece of shit because I'm 165 pounds, but I don't have eight rock hard abs like Bill Dorfman does. Exactly. It's just not a realistic standard. I mean, we all know the weird diet that Bill Dorfman's on. Mm-hmm. We all know the fucking weird trainers. We all know that Bill Dorfman's a weird fucking guy. <laughs> no one has ever, <laughs> ever said anything different about him. Um, and he has the ability to work out with a trainer for three hours a day. He has a fucking personal chef. He has all this shit, all this money that buys all this shit, you yep. know, plus God knows whatever plastic surgery. Yep. So you can't, like, that can't be your standard. Don't use that as your standard. Realign your standard. How do you get decent? Yeah, reps is a big part of it. CE is a big fucking part of it, but also realizing that not everything you ever do is going to be perfect. That's a huge part of it as well. Yeah. That's a hard lesson to learn. It's because we're all, it was the perfectionists. They all got into dental school. So these motherfucking perfectionists, um, we'll do one quick second question. Okay. Reddit user. I'm upset Four three three five. Can Dennis tell when you use cocaine? <laughs> Hi, Dennis. Without judgment, please. I have done cocaine four out of seven days this week. <laughs> oh, I have a dentist checkup in two days. Just from looking at my teeth slash gums, would you be able to tell that I have done cocaine? My gums are a bit sore from gumming it. Huh. What is, what is gumming cocaine? I I am so not an expert with this. You you're not you're not you're not uh, fucking nostril deep into cocaine culture. No booger sugar for this boy, so I couldn't even tell you. Um, um what is I I so I found this this uh PDF uh fact sheet, cocaine fact sheet. What is cocaine? Also known as Coke, Charlie, Snow, Powder. <laughs> Cocaine hydrochloride. Okay. <laughs> We're going like street names and then, oh yeah, the fucking like chemistry teacher. Yeah. Cocaine hydrochloride. Charlie or cocaine hydrochloride? It's got a specific gravity of a seven. <laughs> cocaine is an addictive stimulant drug which can make people feel more alert, energetic, and confident. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. In addition to the effects, there are significant health risks. No, really? Um, Okay, dabbing or gumming cocaine powder can be consumed by rubbing it onto the gums or by leaving it under the tongue. It is less commonly consumed in drinks or by swallowing orally. So here's all I know about that is um, 
like just what I've seen on TV, which is where they take a, their pinky. Yeah. It's always their pinky. Yeah. They take their pinky and they dip it in their pinky and they rub it on their gums. But it's supposed to be there. But that's make, not to get high. It's to get numb. If you get if it gets numb, then you know it's that's to test if it's real fucking cocaine. Yeah. The the thing about cocaine. It's the title of this episode. The thing about <laughs> cocaine is, the thing about cocaine is that you snort it and you get it. It's instant. Uh huh. I don't think that you're gonna get that shit by dabbing this shit on your gums. Just fucking snort it. Dabbing it doesn't make it any easier. Like I get it if you had to inject it intravenously, and like, oh yeah, you can also rub it on your gums, uh-huh. and, and like, all right, cool, like that makes sense. But like, fucking snorting's it easy, man, and that's the cool shit. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's half the reason why anybody does this because it looks fucking cool when you snort it. You look like um, what's her name, Scarface. Um, Uma Thurman oh. from Pulp Fiction. And you snort it and you say, God damn, I said, God damn. I mean, that's just like what you do. That's a rule, I believe. I think you have to do that. Yeah. So I just don't like, why would you be dabbing it? Like, just fucking snort it, man. Put it in your nose. So here's what are you doing? Here's a dentist website in Florida uh, cocaine on gums and how it impacts your oral health. Uh, regular use of cocaine leads to painful perforation in the nasal septum palate of the mouth, painful lesions in the gums, and other soft tissue of the mouth. An erosion of tooth enamel. Patients with perforations suffer from speech impairment and find it difficult to eat and drink. Medications used to ease the side effects of cone uh, causes ostomia without sufficient protective saliva. The risk of tooth decay increases. Because cocaine addicts typically neglect their oral hygiene, do not seek dental treatment while using a rub cocaine on gums, gum tissue, or contact with teeth erodes dental enamel, the incidence of severe dental caries is high. Tooth loss is high and tooth is extraction the- is often needed. I don't know. Trying to find I'm wondering the pH if, of cocaine. Dr. Alexander, the specialist he works with, know the vasoconstrictor in local anesthesia after recent use of cocaine within 20, can induce an acute increase in blood pressure. So, uh, if, cool. I'm, I'm not disputing any of that shit. I'm just saying, are we sure that cocaine causes decay? I am not sure. <laughs> I have not I'm trying... The pH of cocaine... Where is it? It's alkaline. Is it? It says pH of cocaine, aqueous solutions are alkaline to litmus, which mean what like litmus would be neutral, right? Right. So it's gonna be eight and above? Yeah. Seven point four being neutral, so um... Yeah. So it can't I mean I, I think that's kind of bullshit. Now, can it wipe out your fucking septum? Yeah, yeah. I think it can. Yeah. But I do not believe that it is going to damage. Yeah, I just don't understand why this fucking guy's rubbing it on his gums. Just snort it like a real man. Yeah, nut it up, man. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite certain that I've anesthetized somebody that's had cocaine in the last 24 hours in my career. Uh-huh. Don't you think? It's, statistically speaking, it's, it's, you've, statistically speaking, we had to have anest. I probably anesthetized a hundred people that have snorted cocaine in the last twenty four hours uh-huh. bef- before their appointment, and I've never had anybody die. Now, I'm not saying like I want to do that every day, but I just feel like there's probably a lot of cocaine going on that we have never any fucking clue about. Just, but here's the thing. I just want to tell this guy to just snort the fucking Just cocaine. snort it. Just snort it. Do it the right Looks way. cooler. You don't have to deal with this, like, on your gums. You're going to get a hit. You're going to get the hit faster anyway. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff about, like, the osmolarity and the PKA of cocaine, like, okay. which I, you know, don't really ever need to know. But mm-hmm. the pH of cocaine, pretty hard to find online. Okay. <laughs> pH cocaine, not easy to find online. Who knew? Very strange. I guess it depends on the concentration and how much fucking baby laxative it's been stepped on with. (laughs) Yeah. But still. um, God, I'm like deep in like, deep in 
Um, this thing says 6.8. Huh. This is researchgate.net. Stability of cocaine in an aqueous solution. June 2008. Journal of Clinical Pharmacy and Therapeutics. Talk about a great fucking study to work on, huh? Yeah. You got somebody next door who's like having to like, I don't know, measure the size of rat testicles after they've been exposed to, you know, um, 400 milligrams of caffeine every day or something. And then John Murray and Hassan Al-Shora are just fucking it up next door with cocaine. Uh Great work by those guys. Um, No, we can't tell. No. If, If I've never known in my career that somebody was a cokehead from their gums... Your dentist isn't going to know, even though you use cocaine four out of seven days, which I would tell you, I'm not going to say from experience, that seems excessive. Like one out of seven days is plenty. You don't need to go on like more of a bender than one out of seven days. That's, that's that's fine. Pick your day of the week. It's like Lent or no, like, uh, like the Sabbath, pick your, Mm -hmm. pick your, 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 your cocaine day. That's going to be your cocaine day. One out of seven of the days is fine. Four out of seven seems like a lot. Does seem a, seem awfully high. The problem with four out of seven is that you need a day to come down after you've done it, and when you get four out of seven days, you've now had more high days than you've had low days, and so that's going to be a problem. So your brain's gonna your brain's gonna mash out on that one. So, not that I know about any of this from experience, Lance. Okay. All right. Whose turn is it for a song? That would be you. I do have to see if this guy has any Reddit history here. I'm guessing a guy that's that's knocking down a, a few lines. Oh, holy shit. No, this is a different guy. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I clicked on the first guy's Reddit and it said uh Gotcha. It said uh why is Spear so popular? And I was like, holy shit, the cocaine guy's a dentist. Um oh no, my God. there's there's only one other post. Uh, subreddit of relationship advice. Should I break up with my boyfriend on my birthday? I've been having problems with my boyfriend. Today is my birthday and I already hate my birthday. I can't wait for these 24 hours to be over. My boyfriend and I were supposed to go to dinner tonight and he texted me telling me he doesn't have enough money in his account to take me to dinner until the weekend. I offered to pay because I don't want to spend my birthday alone. His insecurities jumped out. Uh, and he is saying now that he knows that I think he's a bad boyfriend and I should just go to dinner with my friends instead. Am I being insensitive or should I break up with him and go to dinner with my friends? Um, just fucking break up with him and go to dinner with your friends. Fuck yeah. And then, I mean, do a couple rails. But, <laughs> like, only do rails on your birthday. You don't need to do them any other day of the week. It's the one day. It's the one day. You don't, you don't like need a, to do it more than one, one time a week. That's it. Sounds expensive. Four days. I don't know. Time. I don't know how much cocaine is now. I, I don't either. But so here's the, uh, I've never actually bought cocaine. Hmm. Okay. That's what I will say. I will say that definitively. I have never purchased cocaine. I Okay. Ask Clint. I bet Clint knows. He probably does. How the fuck else do you think he runs those Ironmans? Oh, shit. Without a bear chasing you, you're not going to find me yet doing it's that. It's either bear or cocaine. It's one of the two. Could be both. Do you think they have cocaine stations at an iron? Uh, like instead of I, like a, a fucking Powerade station, it's just like a little glass, a little mirror, and you just and you I, just have like a plastic straw that you just carry with you to all the stations? I bet you they would be very, very popular if they started that. I'll fucking do an Iron Man yeah. tomorrow. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... That's going to do it for tonight's show. Right. Um, did you say that it's my turn or your turn? It is your turn. My turn. Okay. Um, hey, hit us up with a rating. If you love cocaine, hit us up with a rating. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Uh, you might have a friend who loves cocaine. What's your favorite number, Lance? Five rails. F- five rails of, of, of coke. Just one after another after another. But not five days. No, no. That's too much. One day, five rails is what I would say. That's what the doctor um, ordered iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. If you're flicking through Podbean, flick five stars. Hit us up on the web, WorkingInferences.com. Hit us up on all the social bullshits. Facebook, WorkingInferences with Josh and Lance. Funny shit for dentists and dental team members. If you're not a member of that and you want into it, it's a hidden group, so you have to find Lance or I, and we will add you. And just shoot us a message. Um, Twitter at Winterferences. Instagram at Winterferences. Lance can be found on Instagram at DRTimmerDND. 
I can be found on Instagram at CokeDaddy69420. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, at Josh Watson, DDS, smash that follow button. Um, my song today is a, a new band that popped up on my Spotify, and I really dug this track. Um, heard this song last week. This is called uh, Trick to Happy by a band called The Bahamas. Um, and I don't know anything about The Bahamas. Um, what do you want to bet that they are or are not from The Bahamas? I'm going to say they're from Poughkeepsie. Let's see. Uh, it actually turns out that Bahamas is just a guy. It's not even a band. Not even a band. It's like fight um, for fighting. Uh, Afi Juravananen, uh, known by his stage name Bahamas, is a Canadian musician. He's from Toronto, Canada. <laughs> um, so I was close. Poughkeepsie, New York. It's uh, That's not too far. Uh, it says that Jurvanian taught himself guitar. He worked with a variety of musicians that include the Lumineers, Sitting Color, Feist, Howie Beck, Jason nice. Collette, Jack Johnson, The Weather Station, and Zeus. Um, hmm. It looks like he started in 2010, was his first release, um, and he's been releasing music ever since. Um, I don't know what kind of name Afi... Gervanian is. Seems maybe Dutch. Maybe. No opinion. Finnish. I'm sorry, he's Finnish. That sounds about right. That's right. So that's all in the same fucking area, right? Yeah, it is. Is it Helsinki? Is that Finland? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's in the same fucking zip code, at least. Um For sure. so anyway, uh this is uh what was the name of the fucking song? Trick to Happy by the Baham or by Bahamas, aka Avi Geranian. Gervanian. Gervanian. I don't know. There's fucking <laughs> Finnish names. <laughs> um for Lance Timmerman, I'm Josh Watson. Peace. Stay fresh. Cheese bags. I just need to know Is there a price for doing well? Should I feel bad cause I can't tell? I felt guilty there for a spell But now I need to know Am I wasting my time? Ooh. Is there some trick to being happy? Most days I'm feeling like a half me And feel that life is moving past me e, 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 I only told you cause you asked me Privilege and his power How it turns sweet love oh so sour Still I need to know Yes. Yeah.